Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to So You're Getting Divorced, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sasheen, writer, author, educator, and divorce mentor, and author of the Amazon best-selling book, So You're Getting Divorced, Notes for the Journey. In this podcast, we tackle all the issues that come along with getting divorced and what you need to know in order to survive the process and thrive in the life after. So tune in, buckle up, and get ready because it's real talk from the doctor. Welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Sashin, and welcome to the show. So we're talking pandemic relationships. It's Relationship Sunday, love in the time of COVID-19. There's so much information out there about, you know, the impacts on mental health and the impact on children and the impact on families that it's it's really important, I think, to keep up with some of what's happening around the world in terms of how is this impacting our relationships? What's going to, going to happen and how can we navigate some of the stresses that COVID-19 is bringing into our lives. So Sundays are dedicated to pandemic relationships. This is the 103rd or session 103. Um, Trust me, it's just a random number. But today we're going to talk about some findings out of the science world. We're going to talk a little bit about the Will and Jada and August saga. Man, we are bored right now. And then we're going to talk about a new study out about the impact of women on men's heart and health and why staying together is really more detrimental on men's health than it is on women's health. All this is coming up after the break. So stay tuned. It is Pandemic Relationship Sunday. All right, everybody, welcome back. So it's been a big news um, week. We missed last week, so we were sorry if you were hanging out waiting for us. This week, we're talking about some interesting news out of the science world. So let's talk first about lockdown loneliness. So some news out of Science Daily did um, looked at some studies about how is the pandemic going to really impact us in terms of being so sequestered from each other. And, you know, we're a social creature anyway. And then we are told we can't go anywhere. We can't talk to anyone outside of our little bubble. We can't make you know, make those social connections anymore. And what Science Daily is reporting is that we won't all be loners per se after lockdown, but we will be very different. And I think if I were to speculate that some of what's happening with people who are defying lockdown or are in such a rush to get back out is the specter of anxiety that is that is part of being locked down for a lot of people who are not socially capable of being by themselves. And if you think about it, this makes a lot of sense. We have for the past at least 10 years been creatures drawn and driven by social media and documenting literally every aspect of life. Well, we had to have life to document. So Instagram influencers, YouTubers, all of these people who would get out there and make videos and show you the life that you could be living or even just show you their life and you like what you were seeing. All of those people kind of helped us stay even superficially connected, connected to a world bigger than ourselves. And we could go outside and at least in our heads, maybe pretend like we were living that kind of life as well. Then all of a sudden, February 2020 rolls around and the world starts to shut down gradually. And then by March, it's shutting down completely uh, all over the globe. And we're no longer able to get our fix, our social fix. Um, Because even though people like to say, well, people were just going out in places with their heads in their phone. That may be true, but science has proven that even being out in the world 
in the energy of other people impacts our, our abilities to be healthier, to be mentally focused for clarity. And then there's a study that I want to talk about later on that kind of underscores the point of the emotional contagion factor of just being around other people. So anyway, Science Daily is reporting that lockdown loneliness could turn us into loners more than we realize, especially as we begin to emerge. Now, I live in a state that was pretty hard hit in the very beginning of the pandemic, and we locked down hard for almost over 100 days, actually. And when we came out, I think that we are a good example of the anxiety that came from returning to normal social life normal, and I'm using air quotes here, is, um, is, is a new thing. You know, we are trying to figure out what does it really mean now to wear a mask all, all the time and to potentially even wear gloves every time we go out and touch something. To, to socially distance, uh, is six feet enough? Is, should it be eight feet? If we're inside, can we stand? Uh, you know, we have to be far apart. What if we can't? Like, there's so many questions about normal. And so as we begin to emerge from our cocoon, um, self-imposed cocoon for, for, for some of us, we are facing some anxiety. And that may actually make us less likely to want to engage because we're just not certain of who we're encountering as we come out of lockdown. And as that uncertainty continues to unfold, uh, partially because we're not sure if we're going to have to lock down again, and partially because we just don't have a handle on this virus yet. We don't have a complete understanding of the novel COVID SARS-19. And because each new day can sometimes bring different news every hour, we have anxiety that is in fact going to make us want to isolate even when we're out and about. So now, I love this, but we have drive-ins, which when I was a kid were great. You could go to the drive-in, you could bring all your own food, you could hang out. I mean, my grandmother used to have this old blue station wagon and we would hang out um, in back of it or even lay on top of it because back then cars were made so sturdy that you could put four kids on top of the car on the roof of the car watching a movie at the drive-in well drive-ins are making a comeback and part of that is to to lessen uh the 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 anxiety that a lot of people are feeling and are going to feel as they get back out into the world and as they decide and determine that they want to socially interact but somehow also keep a safe distance. So that's, you know, one of the things about coming out of out of lockdown mode is that we're going to be more anxious and that actually may lead us to want to have less social interaction than even before. And this is for the extroverts. The introverts are probably going to be a little more um, able to navigate some of this, but the extroverts are going to have a tough time and may in fact feel themselves becoming more introverted in their life just because they're just not sure. We're just not sure. We're not sure what's safe, who's safe, how safe, and where can we be that's safe. So that's one finding. And that anxiety can lead us to some pretty um, pretty interesting behavior. So that was the news out of Science Daily. I, uh, Will, Jada, and August, this is an interesting um this is an interesting thing that's happening. So I'm not really big on celebrity news normally, but this is one of those moments where I felt like this is a great time to talk about love in the time of COVID-19. Because if, <laughs> if we think about the fact that what's happening with the Smiths and the, the relationship, then we could probably understand that we're so fascinated by the unfolding drama because we have no place else to go. 
right? We have no place else to distract us. And so this story might have still been big news. I mean, it is after all, Will and Jada. Um, but and it might have still been really big news six months ago or a year ago. But it may not have had, it may not have taken on such a frenzied quality if we weren't locked in place. So Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, for those of you who may not know what I'm talking about, um, are two celebrities, actors who are very famous. Will got his start as a DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff in The Fresh Prince. Um, was He got his start as a rapper, as a DJ. And he parlayed that into a television show called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that's really where most of us discovered his talent. And from there, he's gone on to, well, you know, superstardom. And Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, for those of us who've loved her for years, got her start as, well, as an actress as well, and many amazing stories um, and cameo spots on places like A Different World and The Cosby Show and Jason's Lyric. And she's been in everything from The Matrix to Angel Has Fallen to uh, to so many other things on television and has parlayed all of that now into being a talk show host on her syndicated show red table talk which uh streams i believe uh, i know it streams on facebook i'm not sure where else anyway so that's who they are in case for some reason or somehow you've been living under a rock <laughs> for a while well these two were married in 1997 and their relationship has always kind of been one that wagged the tongue so to speak and because there has been the rumors that they have an open relationship that they married because she was pregnant that, that that she wanted to get married, but he didn't, and or he wanted to get married, but she didn't. There's always been this fascination with them as a power couple and everything that they do. So when she started Red Table Talk, it just kind of gave the world a glimpse into the life behind the scenes. And all of that's been great. But again, I, I don't know that six or seven months ago, a celebrity having an affair would necessarily have garnered the kind of frenzied media attention that it has now. And part of that, I think, I think the reason that is happening is because we are so desperate for things outside of ourselves to distract us from the the craziness in our own world that somebody else is crazy that's playing out in real time and literally changes moment by moment is giving us something to to latch on to in a pretty trying relationship time um, when a lot of relationships are are starting to feel the cracks of being locked in together the family's pressure of, do we go back to school in the fall? Do we homeschool? If you have college bound um, children, do they go? Are they gonna be online now? Have, has their school just made a unilateral decision? Are you ready for that? Going back to work, all of the things that come with you know life in the time of COVID. So that when any story about love in the time of COVID during this time comes up, we just latch on to it no matter what. So, um, Jada and Will had an episode on her show, Red Table Talk, and talked about the entanglement with August. I don't listen to the person's music, but I do know who he is. And what I found so interesting is that every aspect of social media is a buzz right now with what's happening with this. And I, and I stick to this idea that even though we might have been curious because salacious celebrity gossip kind of is its own thing. I don't know that many people would give this so much <laughs> credence or so much uh, attention uh, if it not, weren't for the fact that we just want something else to do. We want something else to do. And we're curious about relationships that whether this, the, the test of um, an affair. 
and they were separated. I, you know, I have no shade, no shade, no shame for anyone in their relationship. Uh, so them choosing to talk about it since he, August, chose to expose the relationship. Will and Jada choosing to talk about it allowed people to ease a bit of their anxiety and for a moment tune into a relationship that is usually pretty secretive and they don't talk about it a whole lot and they don't give the world the a peek into the life behind the scenes, even with Red Table Talk, where I understand she brings a lot of interesting things to the table. And I've watched a few episodes, but they have been very, very careful to curate a certain image. Um, and that image is definitely, on, you know, up for scrutiny at this moment. Will they weather it? Of course they will. Uh, one of the things that I think over the years has become very apparent is that the Smiths understand how to how to do celebrity and how to do it very, very well. Now that Jada's gotten to speak her piece on her show, that show will continue to go on and people will find other reasons to to uh, enjoy their, her show, whether you love her or hate her for what has happened with her in August. But one of the things that this scandal allowed to happen was it broke the monotony of pandemic life. It got people to talk about something else and when relationships are under stress and strain, when your life is under stress and strain, when your ability to function is so hampered by circumstances outside of your control, one day pretty much looks like another. Like I said, I live in a place that had a pretty bad outbreak. I'm in New York. And every single day, my governor says, and today is, and he tells us what day of the week it is. Now, that might be seem like a silly thing, but it's actually a really important psychological tool to remind people to stay tethered to things that they can put their finger on, um, things that they can hold in their hand. And though we have a calendar on our phones, it is actually pretty easy to feel untethered and not really realize what day it is, especially when one day starts to feel a lot like the next. And the, and the Will and Jada scandal has allowed the monotony of one day feeling pretty much like the day before and looking forward to tomorrow, which is gonna look pretty much like today, uh, and give and it has given people a chance to go. Oh, okay. Um, there is a there's a world out there, and there are still things happening in real time that are not political, that are not health or health related, and that are not me stuck in my own space in my own little world. So I don't know what's going to happen in terms of the the life of this particular scandal and drama. I'm fairly certain it'll fall off the front page pretty soon. Of course, it is Will and Jada, so it could last for a little bit longer. But um, it does speak to the idea that when we're lonely, going back to the Science Daily News, right? Uh, when we're lonely and we have anxiety, we do tend to gravitate more towards things that we may not have paid attention to to begin with. Um, that we may not have really understood, which leads me to my next celebrity story, which I don't usually do, but I do so love the royal family. Actually, I love Megan <laughs> and I love Archie and I love Harry and I loved Harry's mother, Diana, a great deal. So there was a story out in People and uh, Megan gave an interview about how unsupported that she felt from the palace during her pregnancy. And again, I think it's really interesting that during the time of this pandemic, we are looking for relationships to cheer for. We're looking for relationships to root for. We want, even if our relationship at home is fine, we're bored. <laughs> like, and we've seen how terrible Megan was treated, horribly treated by the royal family, uh, from the queen on down. And let's not even talk about Will and Kate because I got nothing, nothing for them anymore. But we, we, we're looking for something to break the monotony 
and scandal breaks the monotony and royal scandal really breaks the monotony. But her interview in People was very poignant and very um, insightful and and very heartbreaking. And it allowed us once again to root for something, to break the monotony of our own world and to give us give us something to kind of hold on to as we navigate another kind of mind-numbingly boring same day as the day before. So that's our celebrity segment. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, let's move on to a study. It's a new study that came out, and I'll link this in the show notes, talking about couples and health and how this may actually be really important as we come out of lockdown for the future of healthy relationships, both married relationships and those going through a divorce. So for better or for worse, is what this study is finding, for better or for worse, your physiological being is impacted by your spouse. But here's the rub. Women have more of an impact on men than men do on women. In fact, several studies are now confirming that physiological gender plays a significant role in the health of men in the relationship and not as much on women. So let's talk about this. This is kind of fun. I really like this article. Um, So they focused on overnight heart rate. So there was a study being done, I think it's out of UCLA. Like I said, I'll link in the show notes. And they focused on overnight heart rate, resting heart rate at night, and and whether that heart rate was higher or lower based on a baseline. And um, what we know about having a chronically elevated heart rate is that when our heart is and when our heart rate is racing and pumping faster than it should all the time, we do not have we don't get the same kind of sleep at night. So the and, and sleep is so important for restoring our body, right? It's one of the restorative functions that we really need. When our heart rate is elevated, we don't get good sleep. We have an increased chance for cardiovascular disease, heart disease, heart attacks. And because heart attacks and heart heart disease are the leading causes of death for both men and women in the United States, this is kind of important for recognizing how important your spouse is to your mental, but mental, physical, and physiological health. So what did they find? Here's the skinny. When women felt closer and connected to their partners during the day, so that sense of closeness, that feeling of, of, of we're in this together and you've got my back, uh, that feeling of affinity, even if you're not around, I still have an affinity for you, a feeling for you that I can, that I I, I act on and that that makes me feel good. When women have that feeling of closeness and they feel more connected with their partners, guess what happens? Men have lower overnight heart rates. Shocking, right? So women's ability or women's closeness feeling and feeling of connection to their spouse throughout the day, throughout the day, gives men a better protection against heart disease, against chronic cardiovascular problems. It affects their sleep more. It lowers their heart rate, like two to four beats can go down to one to three beats. Like it brings it down. So ladies, (laughs) you are in fact directly impacting the men in your life. When women feel more annoyed and irritated with their partners, men have higher heart rates overnight. Think about this and let's unpack this for a minute. Okay, because this accounts, this this finding takes into account um, stress levels, possible drug or alcohol use, and physical activity. So controlling for these three factors uh, and, and daytime heart rates. Controlling for these four factors, 
men's overnight heart rate change depends on how women feel throughout the day. And it's not like you have to be sitting next to each other, but think about this in terms of relationships in the time of a pandemic. If you know <laughs> that your heart and your health depends on the state of your relationship inside the home, Lord, y'all listen, right? Like there's so much to unpack there because when you're in a bad marriage and you're, or you're going through a divorce or you're thinking about going through a divorce, chances are up to that point, you have been enduring a lot of not feeling so close and not feeling so connected and not feeling so great. And what we're finding is, and with this point, what, what this study and others are showing is that that not so greatness, women are going to bounce back from that a lot faster than men because it impacts them physiologically differently. It doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same impact. So women in a bad relationship are physiologically better off than men. They're physiologically better off. Women don't have, in fact, the finding is that there are no effects of men being annoyed with us or lacking a feeling of closeness on women's resting heart rate. So let me say that again. According to this study and some others that are also have also been done, when men lack a feeling of connection or closeness to their spouses, women's bodies don't, re, don't reflect that. They don't have any, it doesn't have any impact on their sleeping patterns and on their um, cardiovascular health. Whereas the opposite cannot be said to be true. Men's cardiovascular responses are uniquely tied to women's daytime relationship feelings. So if you go through the day, especially right now, when we're, we can't get away from each other and you know that you're constantly annoyed with your spouse and you're nitpicking and you're arguing and this has been going on and on and on, chances are, if you're a woman, you're talking about it. You're letting it out. You might be doing the silent treatment, but you're getting those feelings out. You're getting that annoyance out. The, studies think, the, the study is theorizing that because men are more likely to not let those things out, and just absorb more, that they're more likely holding it in. That's where they're, that's why they're getting the physiological response. Whereas women are letting it all out. Yes, we're gonna be emotional about it. Yes, we're gonna rant and rave and scream or give you the silent treatment or give you the cold shoulder or, or be passive aggressive or whatever the case may be. And the fact that this falls so, so black and whitely on gender lines is really interesting because it doesn't matter, it, it appears at least based on the study, it doesn't matter who plays what role in the relationship. What matters is simply that women's physiology is not impacted if their spouse does not show them closeness or connection during the course of the day. Their resting heart rates aren't elevated. They appear to get much better sleep. There appear to be less physiological issues. Whereas men, when your spouse is upset with you, when your spouse is pissed off at you, if they don't feel close to you, if they don't have affection toward you, so if they're not showing you the, the connection and the closeness, and they're in fact showing you annoyance and irritation, your heart rates are going up and they're staying up to the point where it's a chronic condition. You're always in a heightened state of anxiety because the woman in your life is not feeling it. So if she's not feeling it, you're not feeling it, which gives kind of an interesting credence to that idea of the happy, you know, happy wife, happy life. Because if you think about it in terms of what this research is saying, yes, keeping her happy is, is definitely much better for your heart, your health, and probably your checkbook. But it's also interesting to note that um, she doesn't need to be happy to stay with you. 
She doesn't need to feel happy <laughs> to be with you. It isn't impacting her physiologically if you're terrible per se, um, though she's more likely to leave you. But what it does say about, you know, happy wife, happy life, if you want your life, your physical healthy life to be good, then you do kind of want to keep your spouse happy. You just do because at least from the science perspective, it is the prudent thing to do to prevent heart attacks. And we know this, right? We know this because research over the years has have, has concluded that men overwhelmingly fare better physiologically in a happy relationship. Overwhelmingly, men do better physiologically in marriage, in a, in a committed relationship, whether it's marriage or just a long-term committed relationship or even short-term relationships. Physiologically speaking, men tend to fare better if they're in a happy committed relationship. And that same finding for women is not as strong. In fact, women tend to fare better when they're um, happy and whether that's in a relationship or not, their happiness isn't necessarily dependent upon your happiness, which when you're in the midst of a bad marriage and a relationship that may be going south is something that you might want to keep your ear on and your eye on and your heart on. So that's relationship news for the day relationship news and love in the time of COVID-19. Thanks for tuning in. Please drop a um, question if you want me to look at anything or research anything and bring it to the table for you on a future episode. Also, I'll put the show notes out there. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Pick up So You're Getting a Divorce, the book at, on Amazon um, backslash Dr. Sashin and support this podcast by by subscribing and sharing and give, leaving comments and just in general showing the love. Also, quick note, uh, we're launching the So You're Getting a Divorce Facebook group soon. So be on the lookout for that link so that you can come over and join uh, the conversation and get even more goodies and more interesting information as you navigate your way through whatever stage of relationship that you're in. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you soon. And that, as they say, is the tea. It's been Dr. Sasheen here at So You're Getting Divorced, the podcast. If you like what you hear, please support us on any place that you find your podcast, whether that's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, Anchor, you name it, we're there. Also, catch more content on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Dr. Sasheen and pick up the book, So You're Getting a Divorce on Amazon today, which you can find the link to that in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.